0: Hey, listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I am Chuck Peters, your host. I said it properly this time, Producer Trey. Last time, remember, I said I'm your Chuck host, Peters. I messed it up completely. No one will ever know if I don't mention it. Oh, I just did. Oh, well. Well, guys, hey, I'm your host, Chuck Peters. It's so good to have you back. Thank you for listening. Hey, listeners, we love to meet you. And so as I am out and about at different events and conferences and visiting churches, when you come up and you're like, oh, I listened to the podcast, I just love that. And I know that so many of you out there are, uh, are just good friends and we think of you that way. So thank you for listening. The goal of the podcast is to equip you, encourage you, resource you, and inspire you. And so we always want to have conversations that are practical, applicable, and actionable for you so that you have some things that you can go with this week Take back to your church and implement in your ministry to help you be more effective for reaching kids with the gospel. So, today we're going to talk about a topic, a good topic with a good friend. That good friend is our friend Stephanie Chase, who leads children's ministry at Champion Forest Baptist Church in Houston, Texas, checking in okay, via Tim. Zoom. Hi, Stephanie.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for coming back. You know, every now and then we have a guest on who's returning and I'm just always thankful that people want to come back.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> you don't stare us off yet.
0: <laughs> no. And, and, uh, I mean, you, made, you, you made the cut apparently to get reinvited. So that's a compliment to you also. No, Stephanie, we've been friends now for several years through our connections at Lifeway and different events and all the different things that we get to do together. So I so appreciate you and your heart. We have talked before, you and I, about things like prayer and the importance of prayer in your ministry. Listeners, if you enjoy this episode, which I'm sure you will, let me encourage you to go back through the archives of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. You can do that by going to lifeway.com slash kids, click on podcast, and then you can search for Stephanie Chase and find all the back episodes that we've done together and hear more from Stephanie. So please do that. There's so much great content in the archives that I want to direct you there. But Stephanie, let's talk about some new stuff. Um, Let's one, do. so a good friend and a good topic. So a really important and practical topic for us to discuss is recruiting. It's something that is always in front of us. A lot of us who may be, eh, maybe kind of uncomfortable in asking people to do things. It might be hard for some of us to make an ask. It really helps to have a good strategy in place, right? Not to put it off not to uh, ignore it and then find yourself in a bad place. And so... You have put together a really strong uh, outline that's a strategy that you use, I'm sure, at Champion Forest uh, that we want to hear about today. And so you've got seven things. We're going to have to move quickly to cover all seven, but you've got seven big things that can help us be more successful in recruiting. And before we dive into those seven things, let me put in a plug because you are going to be at our Etch conference. Our ex, uh, Etch next gen uh ministry conference here in Nashville in October. It's October 9th, 10th and 11th here in Brentwood, Tennessee, and uh you're going to be here leading this particular conversation as a breakout session. So listeners, if you want to get more, go to etchconference.com, sign up to come to etch. The sooner you do it, you can take advantage of lower rates, bring your whole team, we're at a new venue with free parking and lower ticket prices and all the great stuff and you can meet Stephanie Chase. So plan on that for etch all that front matter taking care of stuff let's talk about recruiting volunteers and these seven big ideas that you have to help us
1: yes i you know what i wish chuck i wish we could see the faces of everyone listening when you said recruiting yeah <laughs> Because it's a word that we all have to deal with, we get to do, it's part of our ministry. But yet, sometimes it can be, it can feel so daunting, so overwhelming. But at the same time, it is so rewarding. It's it's just like this whole up and down roller coaster of recruiting. But uh, at Champion Forest, we have kind of created a strategy that we use. And I thank you for letting me share this with everybody.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, outlines like this are so valuable because you've had some time and you've put in the energy to identify these things. Some of these are things that many of us are doing already. Right. There may be a couple of things on this list where where you as a listener might say, "Okay, I'm doing that. That's good. We're good there. But the hope is that there may be a couple of these that you haven't thought of that with Stephanie coming to kind of unpack them all. You might come away with a few things here that you can be like, that's something new that we need to implement. Yes.
1: Yes. So, you know what, Jack? You have to start out with knowing what you need.
0: Okay, so I said there are seven things, so I'm going to number these as we go so the listeners totally don't lose like track. It. People like that. So number one, <laughs> number one is know what you need. Okay, tell us about that.
1: Know what you need. So uh, one thing that we do at 2 Force that has helped us so much is we create a spreadsheet. Now, I know that sounds so basic. Okay,
0: I love spreadsheets. There's some you people did. who don't like spreadsheets. I, love I, don't them. Like
1: them, I don't like them, Jack. I don't
0: like them. Well, I use them for words, not just numbers, right? Because you think the spreadsheets as something you use for finances and numbers and math and stuff. So a spreadsheet is really a great tool for making lists of all kinds I like it better than a Word document because it lets you move the cells around easier. So I love yes. the idea of a spreadsheet. That's just yes. my, my plug for spreadsheets, whether they're in Google or Excel or wherever. I like the cells.
1: You like the sales. It's a great way to it. keep
0: your list. So you like to keep a spreadsheet.
1: Yes. And what we what you can do is keep it by, depending on how many hours, we call them hours, that you're going to have kids in your ministry. So let's say you're going to have them from 9 to 10, and then also from 10 to 11. In each one of those hours, you want to list all of the different classes. And Chuck, for each class, you have to have a minimum Of four blanks, four cells, okay? Because we got to have, our goal is four teachers per classroom. Per hour. But now, yes, per hour. But here's the deal, Chuck. You know what happens? Somebody's going to say, oh, I can only serve every other week. So you get some every other week teachers, which that's not your goal. Your goal is every week. But you've got to have plenty of space in that spreadsheet. So you fill it up so that you know what you need. Anytime somebody asks you, you can just pull that bad boy up and say, oh, you know what? I need two teachers in first grade at 12, 15. We need three three-year-old teachers at 930.
0: Well, and so we know two, okay, so two, right? Two would be minimum. We need to have two adults in every room all the time yes. just for safety and standards, right? Maintaining that. Yes. And you're suggesting don't just recruit two For that hour, you need two extras who are standing by just in case. Is that right?
1: Well, not just in case, but go ahead and plan for them to be in the classroom because build a team of four. If you can build a team of four, then is somebody anytime somebody needs to be out you still have three teachers in there if you could have two adults and one student in every class plus your you know every single sunday and then your fourth person who might have to be out for a soccer game or for vacation or whatever they're sick then you just got this power team that's there um every single sunday
0: so i heard i And I hear you and I agree with you. And this is good conversation. But I also hear, not not audibly, but I can imagine there's a lot of listeners out there being like, well, Stephanie, that's wonderful that you have so many people at Champion Forest that you can have four people for every service hour. But in my church, in my church, I'm lucky to get two.
1: That's the way we feel, Chuck. Yeah. We are lucky at Champion Forest just to get two people in every class. I'm serious. But The problem is we only think in twos. We need to plan for two and dream for
0: four. Plan
1: for two, dream for four.
0: See, that's a really good word. So whether it's, you know, you get what you aim for, right? You only hit the target that you shoot at. And so if we're shooting for one, you're going to be lucky to get one. If you shoot for two, you're going to get two. But you're saying overshoot, plan for more because you just know. You know that people tend to have things that come up, and we need to be prepared for that, rather than be thrown and scrambling when somebody contacts you on Saturday night that they won't be there the next day. This lets you already have people lined up,
1: or on Sunday morning when they're already that happens to too. Classroom, <laughs> yes. So, but if you know your need, you plan for your need, you know, then you're on target Chuck, and you've got a plan and you can easily tell your pastor, Hey, we still need two kindergarten teachers, or you can tell a parent who might be thinking about serving. Oh, you know what? We have a need in our infant
0: room so you so. you recommend that making the spreadsheet, which again, I love, yeah. and having four blanks for each service hour, and you're looking to fill in those spots. And you recommend that you don't just keep this to yourself, but you share this document out,
1: yeah. Well, because I noticed you said like a Google spreadsheet. Yeah. If you can make it available for other people on your team, in your ministry, where they can go and look at it and they can see the need as well, it's huge. Also, like if you have... uh preschool director, minister, and a children's director, minister, if both of you can get to that document and see it, if I'm talking to someone about serving in fifth grade, I can go jump on the spreadsheet and look and say, Oh, whoops, they've already, somebody else has already talking to them about serving in the four-year-old class.
0: Right. So I would imagine we say a spreadsheet, which I think in the digital world is something that is easy to access and have and share. However, you could i would imagine just as easily have a piece of paper on a on a clipboard or a poster on the wall where you have second grade at 9:30 and four blanks where you write in the names as you get them so that you could display who your leaders are and so that everyone can quickly see where you have needs and where you've been filled up
1: for sure Yeah, some years in the past, we've done a display like that. Um, moving towards promotion Sunday or kickoff Sunday, depending on what your church calls it, so that the whole church, if they walk by, they can see those needs as well. It's a great visual because people usually go, what? They need that many people in kids ministry. What's, you know, they don't realize just because they don't know.
0: Right. And yeah. so that awareness and visibility is something that we need to make known, right? Cause we, we generally tend to fish in the small pond instead of looking broader for people who may be called to serve. So that's, we're going to get to that later where we look for yeah. people. So the number one is know your need. And so you need to know your need at the moment. So, you know, when you fill something in, it's filled in. And when you haven't yet, anybody can see where the need still is. Good tip. Good tip. Let's go to number two. Number two is start early. Yes,
1: when you're thinking about like kickoff Sunday or promotion Sunday, start, wait, don't wait until July if you're promoting in August. So here's a great tip. In May, spend the whole month of May talking to leaders who are currently serving and what we like to do is we like to you know say hey we're so thankful for you you this you've just done phenomenal this year so far and I'm planning to keep you in the same class for next year let me know if you're thinking about a different grade or different age group we never say hey are you coming back for next year we always just say, planning to keep you there. Um, but if there's a different age group or way you want to serve, let us know. But start in May. So by the end of May, you already know everyone who's returning who where they want to serve. And you already have your spreadsheet done for the upcoming year in May. And you're filling all those people in in May.
0: And a lot of them are just going to be right back in that same blank. Or possibly moved on the, on the sheet into another blank, but they're returning people. Re- retention of your leaders is always should be your first step, right? It's easier yes. to bring someone back who already knows the expectation, who knows the culture of your team, who knows the kids or the, or the material that they're teaching. It's way easier to bring them back than it is to replace somebody with someone who is coming in cold.
1: Yes, for sure, for sure, and love. We have to love our leaders well. Yes, pray for them, spend time with them, build that relationship with them,
0: for sure. As you were talking about May, I started to (laughs) just play with words because I like to play with (laughs) I like words and wordplay. So I thought May is the time, and and you had said, "Don't you maybe ask in a way that you're not asking them? You're just kind of assuming that they're coming back, rather than Mm -hmm. being like." Would you like to come back? because they can say no, right? you you want to set them up for the yes, But we always we also do need to be aware that sometimes people need an out and they need a chance to move on. and we can't just assume that they're in. So I kind of liked the the month of May to say, "May I?" Put you in the blank for next year? Oh, Maybe there's there just a timing, up. whether or not you ask it that way, there could be a timing thing there to help us as leaders remember that May is the time when we need to ask, May I bring you back or may I lock you in?
1: You are so creative. So Chuck. once you,
0: oh, thanks. So once you've got that, okay, you said start in May and mm-hmm. then you're moving into that busy season of summertime and VBS and camp and all those things.
1: Yes. Yeah, so the thing about once, you, if you'll get May squared away, then Ooh, that rhymes get, too.
0: Get okay, May, May squared, squared away. away. I like that.
1: <laughs> then in June or July, you're having BBS, you're having camp. So your goal for June, let's say if you have VBS in June, is you want to contact every leader after VBS is over and ask them if they would be willing to serve the upcoming school year. Because if they've had a great experience at Vacation Bible School, they loved it, um, they became part of the team, then um, God may be calling them to serve every week on Sundays. So get in there in June and say, this is our VBS Leader Month. We're going to connect with them." and see how we can get them serving for the year.
0: And VBS is a great event to use to onboard new leaders, right? It's only a week long. You need extra people. And if there is someone who helps with VBS who's not part of the regular program, it's a great way to audition them and say, boy, you did such a great job. How about serving with us all year? Yes,
1: I'm telling you, we, we usually get at least 10 or 12 people from VBS every year who come and join our team.
0: Summer yeah. is a great time to look for those new people. Easy on-ramp to try them out and then bring them back for fall. That's wonderful. Okay. So yeah. know your need, number one. Number two, start early. Number three, you can't just tell them once, right? How many times does it take, Stephanie, for people to hear your message?
1: They've got to hear about kids' ministry seven times.
0: Seven times. they're
1: going to say yes.
0: Okay. well that's- So you need
1: a seven-time strategy.
0: So with a, a, I have a bit of a background in marketing. And so in the marketing space, we call those impressions, right? We, we, you don't buy whatever it is the first time you see the logo or hear about it. You need to hear it multiple times, three, five, seven, nine impressions. And so you're saying from experience, you can't just ask somebody the first time and expect to get the yes. Exactly.
1: Yes. And you know, it's easy to, Put ways out there for them to just get those little impressions. I like that word. I tried to use the word sprinkle seven times (laughs) sprinkle, (laughs) but somebody was like, no, Steph, don't go there. (laughs) But, um, maybe on social media. You've got some impressions that they can see on social media when they're, they're going and looking at kids ministry, what's happening, what, how God is working. Maybe your pastor sends out a church wide email because when you think about where are people going to get their impressions? Think about your uh, senior adults. They're less likely to get their impression on social media, but right. they're definitely going to be reading that email from your senior pastor. Yeah. So think about your sprinkles in your adult life groups. We just had some of our key awesome volunteers go in different adult life groups and share what they love about kids ministry and invite people to come and join them. This is a simple one, Chuck. I don't know how, you know, listeners, how your churches do this, but think about it. If um, your church puts up slides on the screen, with announcements somewhere mm-hmm. just to slide somewhere with the kids being taught God's word, you know, that's a little impression, a little sprinkle yeah. that they can get. I got tickled. Um, our pastor uh, has been mentioning kids ministry and serving in kids ministry throughout the summer. And one of our, we had a one of our pastors from our other campus At um, our church preaching one Sunday, and I got a text that afternoon, and it was from one of our dads. And he said, Hey, there was a visiting pastor in the service today, and he said, um, that we're looking for people God is calling to serve in kids' ministry. He said, sign me up. Nice. (laughs) Nice. I'm like, The quote visiting pastor made an impact on him sharing that. So that was one of his sprinkles that he heard, you know, so there's lots of different ways um, to, you know, get those sprinkles and those impressions out there for people to just hear about it.
0: Yeah, we we need to do a better job of raising awareness, not just of the need, right? Cuz sometimes if we lead with the need, people get turned off cuz it feels like we always have a need, but to make people aware of the exciting things that are happening. So even if it's not direct uh hard recruitment, Asking for the yes to say, boy, there are great things going on in our church and the kids wing that you may not know about. So any opportunity to have a testimony about kids ministry or a pastor mention kids ministry, even in passing, to have a slide on the screen or to have a VBS decoration out in the foyer, whatever it could be that raises awareness are all opportunities to start a conversation. And then you can-
1: We have no idea like when and where God is working. We don't know whose heart he's stirring. We don't know when he's doing that as he's calling people, you know, to raise up this next generation of Christ followers. So We want to make sure that we're doing everything that we can um, to make people aware, especially when he's working in their hearts.
0: We need to raise awareness. Now, part of that, tip number four, number four is to pull your people groups. So you've mentioned some of those people groups, but what do you mean by this? Where are some places we might look for people?
1: Yes. So listeners, hear me, hear me. Think through your church. Think through all of the different groups of people, the activities and events that go on, and what groups of people can you target to reach out to? So, for example, think about all of your parents who did parent commitment or baby dedication. That's a great list of people to call and invite them to be part because number one, they'll be learning how to disciple their own kids as well. Mm. Or if you do a first grade Bible, families that participated in first grade Bible or think about deacons in their lives. Some of you just went, oh, no, (laughs) but. Deacons and their wives can be an awesome resource. Mm -hmm. One thing that we've learned to do check in our database system that we keep, um, we can tell who is not currently serving somewhere, but they are already safe and secure. They've already done their background check and done Mm -hmm. their safe and secure um, video and work. So, if, if they're not serving and they're safe and secure, we pull that list out of our database. And that's like gold for us right there. Yeah.
0: Well, that's goals right there. Gold goals to be able to have yeah. a database like that. That's pretty good, uh, good knowledge to have. Wonderful. You also mentioned um, people who are not serving, looking for people who aren't serving. You mentioned visiting classes, either yes. life groups or Sunday school classes.
1: Yes, for sure. Because um, your adult life group classes, I would encourage you this year, if you're going to think about, you know, creating a year long strategy, which we'll talk about in a minute. But think about different life groups or Sunday school classes in your church and find out who the leaders are. Go to coffee with the leaders of the life groups, Mm. adult life groups and build relationships with them so that you can get to know them and you can share the great things that are going on in kids ministry. Like you said, you can just throughout the year shoot them. Hey, guess what happened this week? in um, kids ministry. And then as you have need, you have that relationship. So you feel comfortable um, asking them if there's anyone in their class and they'll trust you Hmm. because you had that relationship.
0: And relationships are so key in recruitment. It's not just that you have a need that's a cold need when people know you and they know your heart as a leader. They know your passion for kids in ministry and uh and they have a relationship with you they're going to be way more likely to say oh i want to be a part of what stephanie's doing that's that sounds like an exciting place to serve wonderful yes. let's well let's move on with that so tip number 5 that you have is start calling ooh you <laughs> i use the r word the recruitment word you use the c word for calling usually the last <laughs> thing i want to do is get on the telephone with somebody i'll text you so tell me about calling you don't necessarily okay. mean making the phone call do you or do you Yes. Yeah.
1: Listeners, listen, listen. This is the most important thing you do in recruiting. Pick up the phone and call people. I want to encourage you. Are you ready for this? People are going to say no. It's okay. (laughs) It's okay if they say no. We, what we say, we, we use the number seven at, um, in our ministry. But, uh, if you get, once you get seven no's, then you'll probably get a yes. So every time someone says no, you're just thinking, you know what? I'm one step closer to my yes. And that's okay. But when you're calling... Um, We can kind of, I'll just briefly say, number one, pick up when you call, say, hey, this is Stephanie from Kids Ministry. How are you guys doing? Kind of take a minute to get to know them and you know, uh, listen to what's going on in their family. Because if you find out, like they've just had an emergency in their family or a situation, you're not gonna wanna go into asking them to serve right now. You're gonna wanna pray with them. That's what you're gonna do. But spend a moment getting to know them then transition into kids ministry and just, especially now. Well, I don't know when you're going to be listening, but getting closer to school time. Or a good thing is always to say, "How is school going for your kids?" If they have children at home, um, because then you can say, "Well, you know, it's going great in kids ministry too," and you can kind of make a little transition that way. And then tell people, I would love for you to be part of our team, raising up the next generation. Mm -hmm. And then you've got to find out what they do on Sundays. Like say, are you in a Sunday school class? Are you in the choir? You know, tell me what you're doing so that you can begin to listen and kind of figure out, okay, what would be a good fit for them to serve a good time or a good place? Because you've listened to what they're already doing.
0: Good word. So uh, those of us who are phone averse are cringing right now because, and you, so you assume, okay. And listeners, this is really good to hear from Stephanie. Okay. Stephanie is an enthusiast. She's incredibly positive. And she's saying, you know what? Rejection is normal. So because yes. we assume if we call somebody and they tell us, no, it can crush some of our spirits. And we're like, I got a no, I can't take another no. And you're saying, you're you're talking about a 7 to 1 ratio, right? For, yes. You're going to get one yes for 7 calls. <laughs> so you have to be ready for that and don't don't take it personally. That's a big thing to take away from this. We take rejection so personally, and the reality is it's really not as much about you as oh. we like to think it is, right? Right. So yeah. this this is kind of this is kind of cute and kind of silly. As you were talking about, you know, the seven to one ratio, I just really quickly did a quick search for Proverbs 7.1, Psalm one. Is oh. there like a seven one thing we can lean to? So Psalm 7.1 says, it says, Lord, my God, I seek refuge in you. Save me from all my pursuers and rescue me. And oh, so when God. I think about seeking refuge in God uh, about my recruitment anxieties, Lord, my God in thee, do I put my trust, save me from all them that persecute me and deliver me by providing me with people who say yes, right? <laughs> exactly. So we, any fear we have, we can put before the Lord. Use that seven to one ratio. That's funny as you make your calls, but pick up the phone and actually talk to people.
1: And you know what we've done, Chuck? Like when we say, um, okay. We still need 24 liters. So we'll say, all right, 24 times seven is what?
0: Okay. 20, 24 many- seven is all year, every day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we'll multiply that out and we'll say, okay, how many phone calls do we need to make in order to get 24 yeses? Yeah. And and look at it, and don't be discouraged. Say you know what, and and here's literally this is what we've done this year. We divided that out by the number of people who are going to make calls, and by the number of days when we wanted to have those people um, in line and ready for training.
0: So you know we need to make we need X number of people making this many calls per day to get the number of yeses that we need to have. Do it yeah, by the numbers. To, that's right, and I don't
1: even like numbers, Jeff. <laughs>
0: you need a spreadsheet for that. Okay. We need to keep swimming, which coincidentally or not is tip number six. Your tip number six for recruitment is keep swimming. I take that to mean don't give up.
1: That's right. You know, the finding Nemo, he said, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Just You got to keep swimming. You got to keep asking, keep talking to people. You're going to get those no's, but remember, Keep swimming, pick up that phone and you call again, pick it up and call again. Because also remember this, um, whenever you call someone, if you get a no, you can always say, would you mind mentioning in your life group, this need that we have, because you found out yeah. where they're serving, or would you mind mentioning in the choir, this need that or we is have? Is
0: there someone, or- you know, that you could recommend to us? Yeah. Who would be exactly. good? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So don't give up. Keep swimming out there. Keep asking because God knows the people, Chuck. He knows. And he's going before us. He's making our pathways smooth and straight, even though we're just still swimming along. He wants to keep on swimming.
0: All right. And we're catching the current here because we are now swimming on the clue or tip number seven. Tip number seven is create a year-long strategy. You mentioned starting in May, but this also sounds like you should never, ever, ever take a break, right? Because this is something that we need to be doing all the time.
1: That's right. Exactly. So <clears throat> something that we figured out, if we will make recruiting kind of a priority and have a plan to do it, it helps us remember. So what we, we've we done at Champion Force, and I would love to hear other listeners' ideas on this, is we... We, every month, have something different that we do to recruit, to try to keep it fresh. One thing we created was a serve cart, and it's just a little rolling cart because hear this, listeners, get out of the kids' area. There are other people out in, in the church, in the congregation that you need to know, that you need to meet, that need to see you, to know you. And you can't meet them if you're always in a classroom or always in the kids area. So mm-hmm. get out there. But we created a serve card. So like three different times throughout the year or three different months. We will roll the serve cart out and one month, like during August, we're going to do soft serve and have like popsicles and ice cream. In the fall, we're going to do cold coffee and have coffee at the serve cart. Um, In October, we're going to have candy, you know, because it's, you know, fall time and the candy. But what that does is people come over for a cup of coffee and you can start a conversation. People will come over for a popsicle or some ice cream, start that conversation and just get to know them because that could be one of their sprinkles or one of their impressions um, that they get, or it could be the moment when you get to ask. So other things we do throughout the year are one month, we'll send out a text to all of our parents and say, hey, would you be willing to sub in your child's class? Because if you know, if you're wise, you can get somebody in subbing and they have a good experience, then you can move them in to more of a long term commitment. So there's lots of different ways, but create a a plan for the year so that every month you're doing something different. Some kind of
0: highlight, some way to raise awareness and increase engagement and let people be Uh, So you are seen and heard and known outside the kids area, out where the church is. I love your idea of the serve cart or something like that, where it could be something that, oh, when that pops up again, now I'm looking forward to that coffee or that popsicle or that donut or whatever that would be. And I might go back and I might have to do that seven times before I say yes.
1: (laughs) Well, and what we'll do is we'll roll the serve cart over to the student area. One Sunday. We'll roll the serve cart over to the young adult area one Sunday so that we're in different places that month with our serve cart connecting with different people. Hmm.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Stephanie, thank you so much. Seven big tips know your need, start early. Realize it's going to take seven times that they need to hear from you or in some impression or sprinkle. Uh, Know your people groups. Know where to go. Don't be afraid to pick up the phone and call. In fact, Stephanie said it's the most important thing you need to do. Do that. Be ready for that seven to one ratio of rejection and find your strength in the Lord as he supports you through that. Keep swimming. Don't ever stop and create that year-long calendar What a great list of tips. Stephanie, we know that you are planning to be here with us at Lifeway headquarters or in our hometown anyway, in October for the Etch Conference. And listeners, I want to invite you to come and join us. If you have been to the Etch Conference, you need to come back. If you have not been, oh my goodness, you need to come. We would love to meet you. The Etch Conference is a place where we come together. Uh, where you can rub elbows with, uh, with the leaders of Lifeway kids and Lifeway students, with, uh, the people who write the resources that you use from the gospel project, from VBS, from Bible studies for life, explore the Bible, and from our brand new hi-fi curriculum. All those people are here and accessible and some incredible thought leaders like Stephanie Chase. So please come to etch. Find those details at etchconference.com, where you can find out uh, information on discounted rates when you bring your whole team and all those great things. So check it out at etchconference.com and plan to come. Stephanie Chase, thank you again for being here.
1: Thank you, Chuck. And I can't wait for Edge. I can't wait to see everybody there.
0: I know. It's always such a great time to come back together. And listeners, thank you for listening. You come back together with us on the podcast next Thursday as we drop another new episode. And remember to go to lifeway.com slash kids, where you can find all kinds of resources and the archive of the podcast. Check that all out at lifeway.com slash kids. Hey, thank you for listening. We'll see you back again soon for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.